Hey guys, welcome back. New week and a new episode of the Weeboo Pod. This is season three, episode nine. As always, it's Pat and Chris. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoy today's podcast. We got kind of a bunch of different things we want to talk about. But first, Chris, how are you doing? How's your week? Pretty good, man. A lot of things to do actually i haven't really watched a whole lot of anime but a lot of new stuff has come out or a lot of games have come out namely pokemon rcs came out i think a week ago from the date that we're recording this podcast so i've completed the game the main story and that took some time haven't been able to do some shiny hunting yet but we'll get to that but i've also been hooked on wordle which is like this new word game. Have you been playing Wordle at all? I started playing a couple days ago. So I've only, I'm only on like a streak of three, I think. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting game. It's a really simple game, but it's like super fun to play with friends and just compare how long it took to guess the word. But for people that ha- don't know what Wordle is, you get basically six tries to guess a five letter word of the day. And every time you guess a letter correct, they, they basically tell you that one of the letters are correct and you just have to guess within those six tries. But it's pretty fun. I've been addicted to that and also just Pokemon Arceus. So that's been time consuming, but I've, I'm doing my best to watch as much anime as I can. But how about you, Pat? What, what have you been up to? Um, honestly, beside Wordle, I've been just still playing, you know, my casual Genshin Impact. I got Arceus finally a few days ago, so I started playing that. Um, I'm not very far and I've only played I think two hours so far so I want to sit down and really play it some more but I've been trying to catch up you know just on certain anime out there started my new isekai of the season can't wait to talk about that oh god but but you know that that's just how it goes it's beside that it's been it's been busy I think the Olympics are on so I've been kind of watching that you know just want to see how it's going it's weird to see kind of the win the winter olympics in china when they're at a place where it doesn't snow at all so all the snow is man-made i thought that was really funny <laughs> but yeah it's also weird because it's like a back-to-back situation where we just came off the summer olympics i'm just like not ready for the winter olympics yet i feel like it's just too short of a turnaround where i'm just like i feel like i just watched the olympics and it, i'm losing the yeah. magic yeah and it's kind of weird because it's, uh, I think it's, there's a lot of politics in the sun, right? A lot of the, uh, you know, nations are boycotting it, which is like a weird way to bring politics in because I just feel like a lot of these kids and athletes, you know, they really work really hard to represent the country. And it's just kind of sad to hear like your country's not even attending, regardless of the political tension. But yeah, it's, it's a little gray area right now with a lot of the different aspects that are kind of playing into it. Not just COVID, but like all the political tyranny and problems that are in each respective country and all the kind of hardship that everyone's going through. So it's a bit tough, but hopefully it's still a good Olympics. I, I do like the Winter Olympics a lot, um, like the snowboarding categories. I do like ice skating and figure skating, obviously, because, you know, that's like the only sport that Japan ever wins in. So that's the only thing I can really ever support <laughs> in the Olympics and yeah it's always nice to see your uh kind of ethnic country win a few win a few medals yeah definitely but hopefully you know you find some time to play some pokemon in the side but i feel like pokemon rcs is one of those games or is going to be one of those games that has a long run or a long tenure of 
kind of the gameplay so there will be more dlcs obviously that come out people keep playing the game there's just i don't know like a more appealing style to the game than a traditional pokemon game that allows users to kind of play the game for a longer period of time so i feel like you're not really missing out on anything by not finishing the game within a week versus like something like brilliant diamond and pearl when that came out it was like you got to finish in a week because no one was talking about it after a week yeah honestly i really wish i could play pearl some more i mean but no one's playing it anymore yeah it's just obsolete i I just started my shiny hunting career and i I only got one shiny and then next thing i knew arceus was out and that's uh that's the cool kids are playing these days so trying to stay up to trends but it's not like i have as much time on my hands as i would like yeah but arceus shiny hunting is a lot easier because it's the chances for like to begin with are a lot easier than the traditional pokemon games and then second you can kind of see them in the open world scenario where you don't have to keep running into every single pokemon to see if they're shiny or not which is really time consuming right because you got to either fight every single one you, you run into or run from every single one you run run into it's just it's a little much so it's it's a lot faster this way so you could start your collection and you'll get a lot more in in a shorter amount of time yeah i think i think i've heard popular reviews it seems like a lot of people really like it so hey i mean it's always nice to see a different type of gameplay right with pokemon the only thing i could say though is the graphics on it are so bad i i don't know if it's like a nintendo thing or switch (laughs) thing it's it's probably a switch thing if i had to guess but i really wish i could play this game in on pc at just not one fps or something because it's just tragic yeah the uh switch isn't known for its graphics cards yeah that's okay though i know we we have the first gen switch so i don't know if it's gotten better but i doubt it i really doubt it well you know the pokemon games are hard to look at but luckily the anime of this season is not very hard to look at because all the animation is just on fire for winter 2022 we're recording this on february 6th and all i can say is we might have gotten the two best episodes or the best day of anime that we've ever had or we ever will have in 2022 today so we wanted to talk about the winter 2022 season last podcast but we didn't really get the chance to because we went over time have you had a chance i I know you're gonna talk about leafdale because fucking isekai but besides that have you had a chance to watch anything else that's caught your attention what are you looking out for? What, what are you watching? Any sleeper picks that I should be looking out for? Lee, Lee Dale, dude. That's the sleeper pick. Oh, my God. I, 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 Don't I can't sleep do it, on man. It. I can't do another Isekai. I watched like 10 last season. That, that was enough. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm definitely watching the big ones, right? AOT and Demon Slayer. And then, you know, speaking of how much I, I watched, I talked about Vanitas. So I am, you know, very excited to keep watching part two. This is one of those weird part two things again. So those three, um, I guess, but those are rerunning. I guess Lee Dale is, you know, the only new one that I've kind of started watching. There's a few I've been thinking about, but I just haven't really, like, gotten the time to just say I'm going to sit here and, and click the button. What are the ones you're thinking about then? So I've been wanting to kind of watch this one called Love of Kill. It looks not that good but at the same time it looks like something i might like 
so I figured I should try watching it. I saw that one on Crunchyroll too, and I think I looked it up on Mao to just sense check how the ratings are looking. And I think it was like around a seven when I checked, and it was that that's on Mao standards pretty low. So I didn't watch it, but it is on Crunchyroll. It's one of the few anime that's coming out weekly on Crunchyroll. There's not much this year. For this season. There is not much this season. That's correct. Yeah, so that's why I thought I should watch it too. But I don't know. That seven's kind of deterring me to watch it. To be honest, there's a lot of like sevens going around this season. It's like sevens for everyone except for Demon Slayer and AOT. And maybe Vanitas. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's a Demon Slayer AOT effect situation. Where you don't want to just put everything you know put all your marvels into one basket where you want right. to you don't want to release every single hard-hitting anime in 2022 not to mention obviously mappa is probably gonna have a number of anime that come out throughout the course of the year they don't want to probably front load everything with aot and then yeah some of these other studios might be busy just getting ready for the next season and whatnot so i definitely think it's it's that i agree I think people are definitely, you know, letting these two run their course before really, you know, throwing their heavy hitty heavy hitter for 2022 out. Um, there's another anime called like Ari Freda. It's like the second season. I actually don't even know how this got a second run, but you know, normally that's probably something I would watch. But I just remember the first season was so bad. I was like, I can't do it. It's the second season has a 7.22 on Mal right now. Which is bad because usually second season means the fans are still watching the show or the only the fans are watching the show. So did you watch the first one? No, this is definitely not something I would okay. watch. Okay, so, so the first one, it's got it got a 6.66 on Mal. Oh, God, that, that's that's a bad number. That's a bad number. 666. It's a uh, it's definitely an isekai. Uh, and even then. I was like, this show hurts me to watch. And I finished it, and I was like, damn. Glad I got that one over with. And lo and behold, there's a second season out. I almost don't even... I I feel like I should just watch it. Because, you know, maybe it's just one of those turnaround stories. They they came back, they realized what they did wrong, and they said, we're coming back stronger. Well, I mean, it's a 7.22, which isn't that much better than a 6.66. I I don't think it's a turnaround. (laughs) situation here (laughs) this is the comeback story this is the comeback story i'm pretty sure Um, that's not it (laughs) yeah there's two other ones i actually want to talk to you about uh one of them is called my dress up darling and for some reason it's coming up a lot i think you might have started it um you know the initial ratings seem pretty good yeah it's so i want to hear your thoughts on this it's an 8.3 on mal right now it's definitely like the slice of life best girl anime where the main character or the main girl in the show is literally everyone's favorite girl. And I can bet that she's going to go down as like best girl in like Crunchyroll anime awards. That's, that's how much of a front runner she is. I think, I think the show is interesting. Huh? Big statement. It's only uh, the first season of 2022. Yeah. But she just has like that, those vibes. It's like the slice of life romance situation where she's clearly the best person in the show and it's not even like there's multiple girls or anything like that but she's just 
she has like my vibes like sakura jima mai from uh rascal dreams of a bunny girl senpai where my way is like clearly like a front-running best girl candidate candidate and i think right right yeah so it has the same vibe so i think that's where all the appeal really is i would say though cloverworks is doing a really good job of the animation that comes with the the slice of life thing and we've kind of touched on it where i said like komi horimiya has really just set a new standard of slice of life animation it's it's gotten really good so in that sense like it's it's a very easy slice of life to watch it is a little uh like degenerate in a way it's a degenerate show in a sense uh a lot of like sexual scenes for sure so that's also i think the other thing that's like appealing to a lot of people so the the interesting thing is that cloverworks has two anime that are running right now yeah this one and akebi-chan no serafuku which is like akebi-chan's like school uniform she's like it's around a student that just started um in middle school where she is wearing like a different uniform compared to everyone else because her mom made it for her i did watch that or i am watching that too can you do that in japan i thought that wasn't allowed (laughs) yeah she basically had a dream that she wanted to wear this school's uniform similar to how her mom did because her mom went to the same school they changed the uniform i think a year or two before she actually got to the school but she didn't realize it. So her mom made this uniform and then she like showed up on the first day and then she realizes she's sticking out like a sore thumb because she's wearing a older version of the school uniform. So she has to go to a principal, ask for permission, and then the principal allows it because it's still a, a version of the school's uniform. It's just something from the past. So uh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. And she has this personality where she kind of is um extroverted all over the place but kind of like brings out the best in people is very bright and it's a very like pure show to be honest very interesting show um again like the art is really really good cloverworks is stepping it up for sure it has like a 7.5 on mal right now which is obviously lower than my dress up darling but from a show standpoint it I could see a lot of people enjoying it. I think it caters to a crowd of people that like something like Yudu Camp or Aquatope, where it's a little slower, but it's a more pure slice of life where you get to see like the daily, the daily task or the daily things that they go through in school. And also just like the growth of the students, the interactions, the relationships that are developed between them and whatnot. So very much a casual show, very much like my Aquatope replacement for this year. Ah, uh, good old missing missing Aquatope, man. Missing those those weekly runs. I know. All right. Well, like we said, it just sounds like you know there's couple big heavy hitters. The rest of the season, I don't I don't want to say it's definitely lacking. It's lacking. <laughs> I was I was gonna say slim pickings, but yeah, I mean there could be a sleeper out there. There could be one hiding. So I don't you gotta find it. I don't have a problem with it really because we have something to look forward to. Obviously, Demon Slayer and AOT come out every Sunday. And Sunday is just a very hyped day of anime right now, just because of the quality of both of the shows. Unfortunately, Demon Slayer is gonna end one week from this the recording of this podcast. So 
after next week, we may have to dig a little deep to find something to replace that. But besides that, I don't really have a gripe with the season just because we have two amazing shows that are coming out. That's true. You know, speaking of Demon Slayer, though, I think that's one of, you know, I think maybe we just jump into it. Maybe we just go and let's talk about this Demon Slayer because it's the big topic of the day, probably. It's probably trending far and wide. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They want to be the very best that no one ever was. I woke up and I went on Twitter this morning and I don't even follow that many anime Twitters, but for whatever reason... Like every single person I follow, and I follow obviously a lot of gamers, a lot of streamers, a lot of weebs, um, but everything was about Demon Slayer's new episode or AOT's new episode. And I was just like, what is going on? But Demon Slayer was like clearly the more talked about out of the two. And I was just like, oh God, I got to avoid all the spoilers or everything that's going on. Like obviously I read the manga, so I know what's happening gonna happen i just visually don't know what's gonna happen but i could not like shield myself from all the spoilers that were on twitter twitter's a bad place man it's it's hell it's uh it's hard to like avoid the spoilers um i was actually kind of browsing you know some posts on reddit and there was definitely a lot of posts on demon slayer so i guess same kind of boat like Everyone has just been talking about it. Like every week I I kind of sit here and I say, "Oh, wow, that was a crazy episode. That must have taken a lot of production and a lot of effort." And then the next week it's just like, "That was even crazier than the week before." Like, what is going on? I don't even know what to expect for the for the next couple episodes at this point. But, you know, I think this could have been the climax. I'm not 100% sure. We have one more episode. That's a 45-minute episode. So, this is episode 10 that came out on the on the day of this recording, but episode 11 will come out next week and it'll be 45 minutes long. And that's the end. So did you watch this week's episode or is it uh, on the back burner still? No, I watched it. I watched it. I have the same sentiment. So I obviously we don't want to talk about the content of Demon Slayer, but I have the same sentiment that this season of Demon Slayer has just one-upped itself every single week. I thought the season started a bit slow, but I think you and I both expected that based off of what we knew from the manga and um, some of the, the closing loose ends that were left open at the end of the Mugen de Shahen or the, the movie with Rengoku in it. So I, I anticipated that, but I didn't expect this level of quality from the show that we're getting and it's not the same as and we talked about this last week when we talked about aot a bit but it's not the same as in like the writing is extremely good or the the plot developments are extremely good in this arc it's just beautiful tables on fucking crack or something man (laughs) because they got something called a blank checkbook and a lot of staff yeah because I know for a fact, so I mentioned this last week that I wa- or that UFO Table obviously has learned a lot from something like Heaven's Feel, which is the Fate Stay Night movies. And I I watched or rewatched all the Heaven's Feel movies last weekend because I knew the climax of the fight scenes of Demon Slayer 
was coming up very quickly and i wanted to just like compare the quality of heaven's feel to what we will see in demon slayer one heaven's feel is a movie obviously demon slayer is a running show on on tv so it's a little bit different on how people approach it but when i watch heaven's feel i was just like holy shit dude this these fighting scenes the animation is just next level and it feels like whatever they learned in that experience with heaven's feel or maybe they took some of the staff that came from heaven's feel was just directly implanted into this season of demon slayer when the climax happened the climax of the fighting scene happened and i was just like what the fuck did i just watch because <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of comments that like UFO tables really got in the CG slash 2D overlaying and like stitching like down to I don't know if perfection is the right word, but they're definitely the front runners right now probably in, in kind of getting this to flow. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if we're ever going to get something like this outside of UFO table, which is saying a lot because someone like Mappa obviously has great fight scenes too, right? But I, I don't know, man. The, the quality of Demon Slayer this, this season kind of just amplified our... I, I think it amplified your sentiment, too, that we just love Demon Slayer so much. It's, it's like... It's a new appreciation for art. Yeah. It's pretty insane. Like, I think in this recent episode, actually, out of all the episodes, I would bet there was the least amount of dialogue out of any episode yeah thus far to date yet it was probably the most expensive episode yeah i'm sure it took so much time too, just time and effort oh yeah it, it's probably insane i think i was reading you know back in season one demon Slayer was coming out at about a hundred thousand dollars per episode budget we're definitely beyond that i don't know what their budget is for this season but you know for perspective Mugen Train the movie was a $16 million budget for, I don't know, two hours? So what did they split that up into? Eight episodes? Yeah, I think it was like eight or nine. I would think this is probably as expensive, if not more, than the movie. Yeah, so that's where I'm like not, I'm kind of lost because I do think the entertainment district animation is significantly better than the Mugen Train animation and the fight scenes. Obviously Mugen Train, the the last fight scene with Rengoku and Upper Tier 3 was or Upper Rank 3 was insane and it was really epic but just like compared as a whole I feel like the Entertainment District animation is just a little or like a tier above Mugen Deshahan but when I kind of compared to heaven's feel which kind of comes like around the same time as demon slayer it's it's pretty similar it almost feels like they took everything they learned from those two movies and they like implanted it directly into the season and we just like reaped all the benefits from it because both those movies kind of came out in 2020 or the back end of 2020 and then at least like the the last movie of heaven's feel um and it almost just feels like they took whatever technology or whatever learnings, whatever experimentation they did throughout the whole thing and 
you know, because they had a larger budget, maybe they were able to do more to to exper- experiment and just develop a new level of skills was just directly correlated to the development of this season of Demon Slayer. So do you think that the popularity of Mugen Train, the movie, is what really catapulted the production and the effort behind this current season? Like, basically, if Mugen Train had flopped, do you think we would still be seeing the same quality we're seeing now? I want to say no, because I want to say there's there is a level of obviously importance for budget right and money because a studio just can't operate at a loss a business can't operate at a loss and when you have that much global success from a money standpoint you can take a loss on another project right and i think this is it where they said we're gonna take a loss here because and we're gonna invest what we've learned what we've experimented and get the right employees and staff in order to keep the momentum of demon slayer going yeah honestly like there's so much momentum coming out of this season and after the movie they could probably take a year a year and a half hiatus and people will still be honestly waiting. it probably would not hurt them at all yeah what what do you think they're gonna do from this point on because Originally, what we were thinking was we got 25 episodes for season one of Demon Slayer. That ended, and then we got the movie of Mugen Nishahen. And I think initially, we both thought we were going to get a 25-episode run afterwards. But we're not. It's an 11-episode run. Do you think this is there's going to be a next season, like within the next year or two? Or do you think they're going to to another movie situation? directly out of this so i thought they would go into a second movie but based on how short this episode was like the season they might pull something like aot and i'm saying like late 20 through 2023 right where they give us part one and then they come back with part two right and i don't remember what the next arc was and i'll look it up afterwards in order to just refresh my memory because i haven't i think i read it like two three two years ago three years ago someone something like that so i just don't remember what comes next after this but obviously the movies are a good point to have something that's like a big turning point in in the show right and i just don't remember if there, there was a big turning point in the show right after this or if this is it makes more sense to do kind of like the AOT situation where you have the entertainment district going on right now and it ends now. And then in winter 2023, you bring out another season of 11 episodes or so. Right. So there is, I mean, the back half of Demon Slayer, I mean, from the manga perspective is really just nonstop. Like there's no more like it, it's just go time. Yeah, there's no breaks. It's not arcs. It's like it's just go. Yeah, it's just go time. And honestly, we're getting pretty close to to that go moment. So I don't know if they're going to just like, you know, break it up or if they're just going to say, you know, we're ready. Like, let's go. Like, let's go. Let's run it. And however they do it, I don't think I like I prefer one way or the other. I think if anything, I'd just rather prefer it to not have anything over like a year and a half hiatus. But I'm almost positive we're not going to be seeing Demon Slayer for the rest of the year. 
Yeah, we're definitely not going to see it for the rest of 2022. And I don't have a problem with it, right? I do think they have a lot of momentum. I do think there's a loyal fr- fan base that wait for it. There's a lot of people that waited for AOT. There's a lot of people that waited for all the Fate series. There's a lot of people that waited for numerous series. So Demon Slayer just won't have a problem with the, with the waiting time, I think. I do hope, though, that... And I... I I don't even know if this is hope. It's definitely going to happen. I, I definitely think that UFO, UFO table is going to keep up the quality of, of the show. Because they, they know for a fact that the appeal of Demon Slayer is either one, the characters, or two, the the animation and the production from the show. They know what their strong suit is. And they know what they're working with. And it's pretty obvious, I think. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. I mean, do you have any preferences? Like, is there anything you think they can do better? You would you would want something different, like a different take? I don't think so, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know if you could create... With what you were getting out of the entertainment district from the manga, I don't know if they could have done any better. And I think this this they, like, maxed out their full potential with the with the entertainment district. And for those people that just haven't watched Demon Slayer yet, like if you get or haven't watched Entertainment District yet, if you get to the point of watching Entertainment District, you're you're like literally about to like be blown away because the quality is just the, like the p- full potential of the show is just maxed out. Man, honestly, I have zero complaints with, with Demon Slayer. I thought this arc would be a little boring, actually. And I was way off. I was so wrong. Yeah, I mean, but you were kind of right, right? Because at the start of the show, or at the start of the season, it is a bit slow. And that's how I remember it being in the manga as well. Just because there was a little bit of transition, you know, setting up the plot and setting up the scenario and whatnot. But I do remember this, like, fighting scene, and I, I thought it was going to be epic. I just did not think it would look this epic in animation. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whenever ne- whenever I see Nezco in Demon Slayer, it's just a great episode. Yeah. It's like, yes, she's out of the box. <laughs> fuck, fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, we could go on, on and on about it because it's just such a high quality show. So, you know, I guess uh, one, in- one funny fact, I was just reading Demon Slayer like kind of topics some articles today i know you were you were looking at some twitters too but i saw this woman like a couple months ago was arrested for selling like demon slayer cakes in in japan she was basically just like you know drawing the art on these cakes and she was like selling them for like you know like a hundred dollars or something but i just thought it was hilarious that she got like arrested because of copyright in japan i think it's I was looking at this cake. It was pretty hilarious because the quality of the cake is actually really good. It's very it realistic. It is really good. Like, I would pay $100 for that cake. Yeah, I would too. Like, it's it's a very high quality. <laughs> it's a UFO table-esque cake, to be honest. Um, so it's pretty funny. But I do think, like, Jap- Japanese copyright laws are a bit strict at times. So I didn't even know you could get go to jail for just creating cake. I. <laughs> Yeah, it's edible. It's it's not even like 
after that it, it's disappears i guess it's just because she generates revenue from it maybe that's the whole issue if she was making it and just giving it away i highly doubt she goes to jail right but just the fact that she's making money and profit out of it it's probably a whole copyright issue it was pretty crazy because they said she made like uh six million yen or something which is like the equivalent usd of about 60k it, you know that's a nice side business if that's a side business I guess you can't just draw draw art anywhere you want. You know what's funny Especially though? Especially in Japan. I feel like a lot of people are selling a lot of anime stuff in the US and it's just not regulated at all. So I don't know if you've seen these recently, but I see a lot of Demon Slayer stickers on cars recently as I as I'm driving. They're like they have like this like peeking kind of look. They put it on the window and it's like half their face, so it seems like they're peeking out the window and yes 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 yeah and i i'm pretty sure or i'm like 99.99 percent sure they obviously do not have the rights to the demon slayer art to do that it's just not regulated here by any company so they can kind of fly under the radar and just sell it i mean if you got arrested in america for selling like anime related stickers that would be actually hilarious. I don't think, uh, I mean, everyone rips everything off in America. So if they can't even catch people for using copyright songs, <laughs> I mean, stickers are very far down their list. Yeah, I mean, it's just products in general, right? So I do see a lot of either printouts of animes, like posters or maybe mouse pads, st- stuff like that. That's just not gonna be regulated it, it's i think too hard for the japanese companies to regulate them there are some that are regulated and i think those are like either streaming on really big platforms like netflix and someone like blatantly does something with death note for example then they somehow get caught i don't know i don't know how but they just have to be like very large kind of ordeals in order for it to make it to the news or make it to the headlines but well, that's not regulated in the U.S., so it'll be funny if one day it does. All right. Well, it's time to start selling some stickers then until we get caught. I'm just kidding. I know. We, I had a my girlfriend or my fiance now is um, she had an idea that every single time we saw one of those cards, we, sh- we should just leave a WeBoo podcast business card or like QR code that that leads them to our spotify so that they could listen to our podcast i was like oh that's not actually a bad idea because you know for a fact that they're weaves so you know it's easy to just like market to them that is true no shame i know just leave qr codes everywhere (laughs) that's how we're gonna get our viewers back after losing all of them last week on on our aot episode yeah, we'll have to replace the uh, the menus at restaurants with, with our QR code. So when people like try to look up the menu, they they pull up our podcast instead. Exactly. It'll be easy. We'll just go to the nearest In-N-Out and <laughs> we'll just put a QR code on the menu there. I guess uh, it's time to get off of this Demon Slayer topic then. So I guess uh, maybe more of the maybe more formal portion of this podcast. I don't know if it's formal. We, we talk about anything. But I guess some a different type of topic still related to anime, but... I think let's try talking about the industry as a whole. And and by that I mean like if I just kind of want to get your thoughts and your feel on what do you think about 
the industry and the production studios. And when you watch anime more and more, because we're doing this podcast, are there things that you kind of like have in the back of your mind that really make the show a good show? Are there things you're looking for in terms of like characters, plot, or like Demon Slayer? Are you just saying, I just want to feel entertained? Like it doesn't matter what the plot's, how the, what the plot is or what the show's about. I just want to watch my 20 minutes and say, that was a good episode. I'm entertained. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard because it depends for me based on my mood. And there's a lot of times where I look for a shonen or something because it's entertaining. It's just pure entertainment, right? To just watch someone that's completely overpowered or watch someone develop their skill set in order to become a more overpowered version of themselves. So in that sense, it sometimes I look for that, but... I think more so now I'm having a very bad habit of kind of autopiloting when I watch anime or watch TV shows. Maybe you do the same when you don't watch anime, but other TV shows, because obviously I I have somewhat of an advantage because I could just listen and I don't need to read the subtitles. So I don't need to pay attention to anime as closely. So it's been harder for me to stay focused on anime when there's a lot of garbage stuff out there. Um, but when I'm just fully focused, I guess kind of going back though, like when I'm autopiloting, the only thing I'm literally looking, looking for is like pretty animation and like decent voice acting. I just can't have the person's voice be super annoying. And if I look up, I I hope the animation just looks pretty. (laughs) I'm just like a (laughs) simple person like that. But (laughs) from... (laughs) <laughs> when I'm focused, I just am like, I more so pay attention to the, to the writing. And that kind of goes to some of the the more slice of life stuff. So something like Garden of Words, for example, is like one of my favorite anime, just because of like the pacing and like the poetic writing that comes with the show. And also just kind of complex, the complexities of how it's narrated and also just the perspectives of how the story is told, something like that. I, I pay attention to a lot more. So it really just depends on my mood. I have a kind of sense of what you expect from an anime. I was like thinking about it a couple of days ago, like what why Pat likes certain shows because I was so distraught by the fact that Mushoku Tensei wasn't in your top 10 of 2021 and that AOT was just like an average show to you. That was like, I wonder what this guy likes then. Um, but what do you look for when you watch anime? Whoa, 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 whoa. I kind of want to hear it from your perspective first. Oh, I okay. <laughs> yeah yeah I, tell me <laughs> tell me what i like <laughs> i think i think you're more of a character focused person and you just really hate scum scummy main characters so like uh you like either characters where you could kind of relate to or like see yourself in so something like remake our life right like you could kind of relate to the whole situation so that's why you you appreciate that more than i appreciate it because i think the like the how the plot was formed at the back end was just worse right but it's very easy to relate to the main character wanting to kind of change like how his life's kind of gone about and on top of that he's not a very like scummy person right he has good intentions and um makes decisions based on based on like sound reasoning from the other side something like mushoka tensei the main character is a complete shit face right and is like a very much a true de- degenerate. So I feel like you don't like main 
shows that have main characters are pretty unlikable and that's I, I also think is the same as AOT but Demon Slayer obviously you can kind of pick and choose which one mm. you like there, there's facts to this I'm thinking yeah. ReZero too scummy main yeah, characters scummy main character. hard, hard to like these scummy main characters out here yeah and even like SAO right like the SAO characters aren't that unlikable I think like Kirito to some degree like he has he has very good intentions he's you know protected by just no plot issues and stuff like that but that's not his problem that's more so like the story telling and the writing issues but the other characters just like in in a whole and sort of online the main characters at least aren't that scummy so that was my takeaway i was like uh i could see like him not liking mushoku for that reason and then when you talked about aot you didn't really like Eren. so i was like oh i could kind of see that like the connections here now i guess there's some there there's some truth to that uh, i guess you know characters do matter a lot to me i gotta like i gotta like re- like someone i gotta be on someone's side yeah i i think like if i can't pick a side i have i have trouble you know liking a story i guess that's true like even with american tv shows like suits and um billions right game of thrones billions yeah like even i mean well billions the main character is he's a true piece of shit but that's a that's that's good for a different reason yeah (laughs) um the story writing is is great and it's just a it's just a very entertaining show so i guess in that sense i would like a show that is just very entertaining like honestly i don't really like psyche k but that's a pure comedy i just think it's funny yeah like, that's a pure, like, plot-like. Like, just relaxing. Psyche K has great writing, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, just I just enjoy it, right? Um, I don't really care about Psyche himself. But yeah, I guess most of the time, though, when I'm just looking through anime, I do like to find an anime that has a character that's likable and that usually has uh, some type of action animation. But I'm not a shonen stan. Okay, I, I I like shonen and I like isekai, but I also like other stuff. Uh, I think. <laughs> I, I, I think. Oh no, your your 2021 list and all the shows you watch say otherwise. So hey, 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 we're go- I'm gonna give uh some of these CloverWorks animes a try one of these at, one of these days. At least you you know you had to remake our life in aqua's hope in your top 21 so there is some blend there so i guess i guess you're there's some hope i'm not a lost i'm not a lost cause yeah there's i mean there's obviously other categories out there too besides just slice of life shonen and isekai so there's obviously like the psych uh the sci-fis and the psychological thrillers so and you, you seem to like those like steins gate obviously psychopaths um code Geass, stuff like that we don't get those that often now though I know, man. I'm, I we need to swing back into that sci-fi, you know, type of genre. Yeah, it's pretty weird. With those scientific thrillers, man. Everything right these days is. It's actually we're, we're in the era of shonen and isekai for sure. It's like we're trapped. Yeah, I feel like I don't. <laughs> I don't even remember, like off the top of my head, what the last like psychological thriller that came out and I watched was. I just. Like Platinum End. The Promise Never. Platinum End. It was the Promise Never. It was Promise Never. <laughs> like, those are so bad. We just haven't gotten a good one in a while, I guess. I just, 
I literally just cannot think of one at all. And that's not a good sign. But hopefully we get one soon. But I guess like going back to kind of the things that you, you look you look for in an anime. What What's the thing you just like absolutely don't care about? Even if they get it like right or wrong. Like it just doesn't affect you at all. Like can you deal with the bad animation? Or like the music doesn't matter. Or the voice acting could be absolute crap. So I don't think I pick up on the voice acting too much because I don't understand Japanese. Okay, that's fair. Right, so the voice acting, I I mean, I'm just reading the words. Like, honestly, if there was zero, like, zero voice, like, I don't think I would actually care too much. As long as I could read the plot, that would probably be fine in my eyes. Another thing I don't, I realize I don't really care about because we brought up this, like, comment on, like, best score and you were kind of, like, how did you? How would you not choose like eighty? Uh, eighty six. Eighty six or something, right? I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm hey, dead. hey, the numbers are the numbers are confusing. I'm dead. <laughs> Anime of the year eighty one. <laughs> We're tired. Okay, it's it's later. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess I don't care about the title. I guess the titles don't matter. I guess it doesn't matter what the title is. As long as it has one number or word that's right, it's fine. Oh my god. Uh, oh, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> it's like Drake. It's eight something. I know. Eight something. Oh. Uh, okay. Well. Okay, the score. Going the that, score. <laughs> going back to that, I think the score doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, like the score, like I could see the score not mattering all that much, but at the same time, I feel like you don't really consciously think about the score because it's like I don't consciously think about the score unless it's like exerted significant emotion of some sort. So. If it's in like the fighting scenes, right? They they're just insane, intense music in the background, for example, or sound effects. Then I'll I'll notice it. Or in eighty six's case, there's like very much, or eighty one's case, um, there's very much emotional <laughs> scenes that, like a piano background or a kind of lead up to, to kind of like the emotional decision making or or the moments make make a pretty big difference i think in how we how like it sets the tone and the mood of the story but besides that i don't think many people will notice it so for example like aquatope i have no idea or recollection of any music from that show at all right right so sometimes like it just won't do anything right I do think it just it just depends on like a more emotional heavy or some some kind of emotion provoking like show. Yeah, I think those more sensitive and emotional animes, those ones, I mean, the score really like helps convey the emotion. Right. So in in that sense, it's important uh, for those types of anime. So I would agree with you that I guess it, it is a bit dependent you're not really always looking to judge an anime based off of the the opening opening ending or or any of the scores inside do you think that 
it really elevate even if people don't notice do you think that it really elevates the anime the score i i personally do so i think two instances that i could think of immediately where it has elevated the anime beyond kind of i guess like if if you just like took the score out of it like how how much of a difference it has made i think aot the score is is really good and just the music and the sound effects everything that kind of goes into aot the the intenseness like you could feel from your seat even if you're not within the situation or, or living the situation you can kind of feel that that intensity and i personally thought 86's score was really really good just because without the score i don't think i would have felt anything from it really the script is somewhat there but at the same time like it feels almost flat without it because i just can't take it all that seriously to be honest with you if if it wasn't there it just like exerts more emotion and more more mood setting than anything else so it in my recent memory like those two i feel like actually like if you took out all the music from it it would not be the same exact experience and we probably wouldn't even be saying 86 is like in the running for anime of the year i might have still had it in anime of the year <laughs> no trust me it's it's like consciously you're not like listening for it but in the moment it's there like it's very much present there that's fair that's fair i think like especially in the climax scenes it then it's when it becomes important yeah like even like the moments with the main character and his brother or it's it's there like those kind of flashback moments where there's a lot of thought and emotion that kind of runs deep so all right well you know what i'm going to try to pay more attention to these scores i think i think i'm gonna make that a goal of uh, 2022 i think there's a few there that a few that you could probably relate to but they're probably the ones that are like either sad or like super intense i mean demon Slayer is pretty intense but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep an eye out make i'm gonna make a list by the end of this year i will have a i'm gonna have an idea (laughs) all right (laughs) so i guess maybe uh you know one other kind of topic that kind of falls under these like items we're talking about what we like to see maybe on the flip side if you were working in the industry like for a production company is there a specific topic you would like to focus more on if you were like the producer or the director where would you allocate your funding what what do you think like is important for the anime for an anime like you would want to produce do you think it really depends on the type of anime you're going for or is there something that you know with like currently right i think a lot of the uh studios are putting a lot of effort on animation over anything else is that do you like that do you think we should go back and maybe think about characters or story in greater depth i think there's like there's a couple of examples i could think of off the top of my head where it almost this is a cop-out answer but i i do think it depends on what the anime is that you're getting so we kind of talked about what demon slayer but it does feel like ufo table knew that the core elements or the most appealing part of demon slayer isn't the writing and the plot it's like the action scenes the fight scenes the the intensity of it 
and they obviously allocated probably probably allocated a lot of their resources not just their budget right their employees their staff their their thought into the animation of it and it's paid off dividends so that's i think that's one situation on the on the other situation with aot that we talked about last week it feels like they knew what their strong suit was where their strong suit is the the writing and the plot development rather than character development in some situations so you can't do all the flashback scenes to explain the characters. You can't do all the the backstories um, to explain what drives and motivates each person. And it felt like Wit Studio and Mappa has kind of identified that. But at the same time, there's situations some where in season three there was a lot of intense fight scenes, and then Mappa had allocated a lot of their their resources there as well. But then there's like tacked up from last year where Mappa and Madhouse I think either got stuck in between a lot of different things where the animation was good but not the best we've ever seen but it's it was pretty to look at the writing was pretty subpar it was, it was a story about music but the music didn't really stand out and then the plot was just all over the place and there was just no character development. So I don't know how like the budget was allocated there, but it feels like they just like wanted to make it look pretty and that's what it was. Um, and try to use their name to, to their advantage in a sense. If I had to like pick one area to like to emphasize it, it depends on whether I want to make money or not. If I want to make money, I'm just putting all my money into or putting all my resources into animation because if it looks pretty people will watch it to be honest with you but if i wanted to create something that's more meaningful and thought-provoking i would definitely put more more of my resources into story and writing yeah i mean i think you bring up like really good points like as much as it really depends on the anime um it's kind of important that i think like for every anime right there's there's really different departments and there's always going to be that one you know just like remake there's going to be that that manager right they're going to be the ones doing all the supervision they're going to be basically putting everything together they're the production manager they're working with all the teams you know working on the music they're working on which is probably at the end of it now that i think about it audio music that's probably all at the end um so really i think yeah most of the focus really comes from the animation and the writing and so i've always thought it's kind of interesting right because the original authors i'm sure are a big part on the anime if it's taken from a manga or a light novel i'm sure that's really that's really the the most important part in my eyes i actually think that that's probably the most important part of any anime is like seeing the author's visions and then kind of like taking you know, the way they envisioned the story is the way they wrote it, but also being able to bring that to life in like an animated form. With manga, it's easy. You have a character, basic character design, but I think it's still hard to like really get that to flow and do all those in-between scenes and really tie, you know, the movement together to make it like a good actual like series. So I think like if I had to choose a spot to work and like put most of my effort, I would actually spend more time in the development stages. Um, because I think nowadays animation is just so good at every studio and like there's something like ranking of kings right where 
I mean, the animation is, it's not, it's not amazing, right? I wouldn't say it's amazing. But I think they did so well writing the story and working on the writing and the plot that at some point you're kind of just, you just ignore it, right? The first episode, you're like, oh, I don't know if I could watch this. And then after that, you're just like, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, this is so good. What do you think? I guess this is a two part question. One, what do you think is the process of script writing and writing when for an anime when there's an original manga already? Do you think it's just a copy and paste and just delete out the areas that you don't really want to do? So, for for example, Promise Neverland deleted out like a hundred and fifty chapters. Did you just copy and paste the rest and just delete out those hundred and fifty chapters? I think it becomes like. You have to, yeah, choose what you want to portray. What do you think doesn't need to be drawn or shown in a video format to, and you don't lose out on the story? And I'm sure like that's probably a lot of the planning of, a, of an anime, right? Is being able to say, this isn't needed or this is needed and we need to go into this detail. Even if it's a very like short 30 second scene, like we need to, we need to give that background. We need to have it there. And I think that's what really comes into the character development, plot development that, you know, really makes a good anime different from a great anime is the person who really sat there and said, you know, this is needed. This isn't needed. Is this going to affect the when people rewatch it? Are they going to say, oh, this was something I missed initially, but it makes a lot more sense when I get to rewatch it. So I think in, in that sense, it's you can't just take out like non-important stuff you just have to really think about what story are you trying to tell so would you prefer to be in that situation of kind of development or would you rather do something like vivi and tactop where they just had an original story and they started basically from scratch i mean i'm not a creative person i don't think i'd be able to create something from scratch i mean but you could like <laughs> manage someone much, right it's much yeah it's much harder I think to be able to hear an idea or a story for the first time and being able to visualize it, I think that's why it's just so much more difficult to really create an anime that's brand new or not off a light novel or a manga. Especially, I think the manga is the easiest because you have a starting point. You almost have like a storyboard that you can kind of build off of. Like you have, it's like it's, it's like it's a template in a way. Yeah, I wonder how the process is for these anime studios when they're getting an original story because we saw two last year in Tacked Up and Vivi and they completely turned out differently in that one felt like a more complete story in Vivi and then the other just felt like they threw something together last minute in terms of the script and the plot. And I, I'm curious to see how what the thought process or like the whole process of the development of that is because i wonder if someone pitches them a story and then and then they decide oh hey this is a good story let's do an anime or they're like hey this is an original story that we need to just make up and we have a slot in this season so we have to like start the development now for it or in Taktov's case, it's like, we have a new video game coming out. We got to just create a hype anime about it. And you just got to throw some script together to just get a audience so that people play the game. Yeah, I think 
I'm sure there's like a team that probably has like some type of planning and they submit like decks for like different potential ideas for upcoming anime. I'm sure that's how it works. Or, or maybe there's just a guy who just watches a lot of anime like us and it's just like, or reads a lot of manga and it's just like, hey guys, have you uh, read this manga? Like, I'm thinking we should turn this into an anime. I mean, it could be that. And I'm wondering if it's like the studios go out and just pitch to all the manga writers and manga artists, or I guess like the agents or managers of those manga writers, or they actually approach the studios to create something like something like AOT. I'm, I'm for sure. I for sure think a bunch of studios pitch to them, but something that's a bit smaller like Ranking of Kings, for example, that I think the original story is a little bit older as well. I feel like someone had to have read it in the studio or um, some affiliation to the studio. And they were like, let's turn this into an anime because I think this could be successful. Exactly. Yeah, I I would think that that's how it works. Like the big famous mangas, like people read them. They're probably very well known. You don't have to do much pitching. It's that's actually probably more like everyone's fighting for that for that contract. Uh, once the manga writers kind of already know that they're gonna go for an anime route, and then yeah, like you said, the smaller ones, the light novels, that just might be like an executive decision. Like, hey, this is a good story. Like, I think we can we can we can work with this. And actually, that's probably another big decision is like can you work with that story like are is your studio the type of studio that you know can do that type of story or genre well because i think lately we've really seen like each studio really kind of solidify itself into its own genre so it's kind of interesting to see that like it's not really like a monopoly per genre but every studio has its like pros and its cons and so maybe in the future, like more of these hybrid studio works will be more common. Um, unless you're UFO table and you just like say no one, no one's better than <laughs> us. So we don't need any help. Yeah. I mean, definitely everyone has their own flavor, right? And their own specialization. And I think that's part of the beauty of it because someone like Demon Slayer can go to a UFO table or go to a MAPPA. So, for example, with Chainsaw Man, I think they went to MAPPA. Or, like, it, it, I think it's very clear that if you have something like Chainsaw Man and you want to adapt it into an anime, MAPPA is the right person for, for it. And for something like Demon Slayer or Fate, UFO Table can can take it and then make it really good. And something like Violet Evergarden, which is the original story, I think, but, like, something that has, like, that slice of life feeling or, like, Kyoka, for example you could take to Kyoto animation and you know, for a fact, they'll do it to, like very well. And all these studios just to kind of have their like niche. It's very interesting. Um, do you have like a specific studio you want to work for or like a specific type? I'm guessing you want to work for Shonen if you had the choice. <laughs> I was going to say MAPPA. I really like MAPPA right now. If I had to apply somewhere, it'd probably be MAPPA. I mean, you get to work on every single big project too, right? If you were like an anime worker or an employee what like why wouldn't you want to work for mappa you get to work on jujutsu kaisen you get to work on aot you get to work on chainsaw man that's coming up you get to work on tacked off i guess <laughs> but you get so many big names that kind of come your way and usually they're like the most hype show of the season 
Yeah, honestly, I think that's a really good play. I mean, honestly, that sounds like a lot of work. I'm sure everyone at Mapo is just like hoping for a break. They're like very sad, probably with all these big shows coming out. Yeah. But I would say the pinnacle is probably got to be Kyoto Animation, right? Even still, like, dude, that's their animation is just so top quality. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on like your style, right? Or the type of show you want, because. I think from some people's eyes, Mappa and UFO Table could be the highest of quality. Kyoto Animation is really good at Slice of Life, though. They're very, very good at Slice of Life quality. And I think the other studios are somewhat catching up. Like, Coverworks feels like they're they're catching up a bit. I, I think PA Works is a little behind still, but... PA Works needs to hire someone to write better stories. That, that's where PA Works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they got to start right now. Aquatel wasn't that bad, <laughs> so I'll give him a pass. But before that, it was a it was a bit bad. But it's it is interesting that all these studios have a niche. Oh, oh, also Bones, like something like Bones, right? Bones has like very niche, like indie type of type of feel to it. It's it's very nice. Actually, who am I kidding? I'd go work for A One Pictures. My boy Kirito needs some help. A1's like very clean too, to be honest with you. It is very clean. It's honestly, I like their art a lot. I feel like it's just changing so much all the time though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting just to see kind of what's the big studio names for this year. Right now, I mean, obviously, the past, actually the past year or so, it's just always been the same couple names. I mean, maybe we're just going to see... You know, the rankings not change again, but there's usually a sleeper pick out there from some random studio. So hopefully we find that one. Yeah, it'd be interesting to work in in, in the environment, but I'm sure it's super stressful. Oh, yeah. I'm sure your your days are never ending. Your sleep is lacking and you probably can't wait for the anime to get released and finished. I wonder how realistic Shidobako is as a depiction of the animation industry. Because that show makes it look so stressful. And I'm pretty sure it's right. <laughs> I've heard it's pretty stressful. I've heard it's uh, definitely a not, a fun, not a fun job. We need to find like an insider to go work for them. Yeah, we got, we got to bring someone on the podcast who's actually in the animation industry. I also wonder if they would ever like start outsourcing to like other other countries oh or do you think I that's feel just like impossible? the language barrier the language barrier would be tough like i think they outsource some of the animation or not i think i'm pretty sure that they outsource a lot of the animation to korea so like when you read the credits like there, there'll be a lot of korean names in the credits but right. but they don't really go outside of that Maybe because the other places are a bit expensive. Like, why would you want to come outsource the U.S.? Because the U.S. is just hella expensive. Yeah, the U.S. is, and you can't uh, make people work overtime <laughs> too much. Yeah, they'll just get angry. Angry U.S. workers. Yeah, you'll, you'll have an unfinished anime. You'll end up like Promised Neverland. That's, that, maybe that's what happened. Man. They outsource <laughs> to Americans. <laughs> okay, well, I think we're running a bit long. And maybe we're dragging a little too long on this studio topic. But anything else you want to talk about before we close for the week? Well, I think we're going to try to put the podcast also on YouTube now. So for people that it's, it's easier to listen to on YouTube, like feel free to listen to the podcast on YouTube. 
Um, it's the same as our name. It's called it's just the Weebs Out of Office. You can find us on YouTube. So all our all our episodes from this point forward will probably be uploaded there. Awesome. Honestly, can't wait to listen on multiple platforms. We gotta boost our stats. Just boost boost ourselves. Gotta increase the viewership. Find more people to hate on my anime likes. <laughs> now that we're on YouTube, they'll leave com. They could potentially leave comments on how bad yeah. our taste is. Who's this guy? <laughs> this guy's terrible. <laughs> Get him off. There'll be a riot. They'll come cancel you. Oh, I'm I'm sure I'm being I'm canceled in many places already. <laughs> Blocked. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let us know when we're on when we're up and ready but i think yeah as soon as next week maybe we might be on youtube so come check us out thanks as always guys appreciate the lessons all right talk to you guys later peace out we booze <laughs>